Inside Track, the official podcast of World Athletics. She had a smile on her face throughout. She'll have a bigger one on her face there. What a way to finish. Your world indoor champion and the first gold medalist of Glasgow 2024 for Canada is Sarah Mitten. Nicola Ollis Lagers needed 199 to deny Mahuchik a second successive title, and she did it. Welcome to Inside Track from World Athletics. I am Sanya Richards-Ross. I'm Richard Kilty. And I'm Kelly Southerton. We're live from the World Indoor Championships in Glasgow right now talking to some of the athletes competing here in Scotland. Grabbing them straight out of the arena when we can. In each one of these podcasts, the three of us are going to be looking at all of the day's action and giving you all of the exclusive content from today. And day one has been incredible. You can tell I'm super excited. But I want to hear from you guys. What was your big highlight from today? Definitely the men's 60 metres. We've just seen the title of the world's fastest man being taken by Christian Coleman. Absolutely incredible. Love that. What about you, Kelly? I'm going Gemma Rike leading the 800 metres, 159.4. Looked easy peasy. Well, everyone thinks I'm probably going to pick a sprinter. Well, I'm unpredictable. Listen, I'm going with the Australian Ola Slager, who stole my heart after winning her first gold in the high jump. So we're going to dig into that much more later. But first, Kelly caught up with Glasgow's first gold medal winner, Sarah Mitten. So Sarah Mitten, your Canadian's captain, your Commonwealth gold, uh, gold medalist from 2022, you're the world silver medalist from last year's world championships, and now you're the new world indoor champion this year. How does that feel? Pretty darn good. Uh, it's been like a really cool couple of years, slowly getting better, slowly figuring out this whole high performance shot put thing, yeah. and now winning some medals, which is really neat. Because back in 2021, your mm-hmm. Tokyo experience wasn't your favorite. No. You came 28th in the prelims. And I think I'm going to quote you, throwing 60 <laughs> meters at Olympics is not fun. Mm-hmm. So since then, you've been on a really steady trajectory up up until, you know, success. Like mm-hmm. what's been, what have you done differently since Tokyo? Yeah, I think like a humbling experience like that, especially coming out of a pandemic and that being kind of my first Olympic experience and then it not going well from a performance standpoint, mm-hmm. I kind of had to like take a look at what I wanted to do and why I throw shot because leaving an Olympic Games just completely gutted and sad and then you're not getting kind of the fun part of it as Mm -hmm. well with the COVID experience and kind of just like had to come back to the drawing board and decide like do I want to continue throwing shot put do I find a different situation or like how can I make this fun again and so I took it from more of like a personal fun standpoint than like a job because I think when I came out of college I was like my whole brain focused on like the livelihood of like this is now too much and so I just dialed it a little bit back and we focused on having a little more fun in our group and just trying to find ways to quote never do that again yeah (laughs) uh, I understand that and the conversation that you would have had with a coach was he already planning what was going to change straight after Tokyo or did it take a conversation from you to change what was happening after it was definitely like a, a back and forth conversation about like his perspective from what had happened, my perspective from what had happened. And I mean, that conversation was not just one day. It was like multiple times, kind of all through that fall training block. It was like, okay, again, like, are we closer to what we want to do or are we further away? Like, how are we going to kind of make this a team? And then we'll take on the world kind of like together. And I think that's really been a big shift is like, instead of being like coach-led athlete, kind of just like following along whatever he says, like we're definitely more of like a, a team 
together. So you have more of a say in what you do, how you do it, ask how you feel. So that's mm-hmm. great. Um, and I suppose, and that's shown success because you're now bringing the goods when it matters, <laughs> which is really important. Which brings to my next question. How do you fa- feel now leading into Paris? Because now you're the World Indoor Champion. You've, was it 2022? You're gonna, do you feel that you might more have a target on your back going into Paris and all the girls are after, are after you now? You know, how do you feel about that? <laughs> um, I don't think all the girls are after me. I no, think. I mean I, that in the yeah, no, no. way. I just think like, for me, like there's just this really strong field out there right now. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's not one person's game on any day. Like Chase right now has historically won back to back. And I think she's probably feeling a little bit more of that than I am winning like the indoor title. Mm-hmm. But there's so many like there's four or five women over 20 meters already indoors so I think like it's going to be a bit of a battle outdoors and it's just going to take like a really big throw but for me I think I've been a bit of an underdog for a long time like I do have quite a little bit of a resume on the non-world stage kind of at that like Commonwealth, NACAC, uh, FISU kind of that level where I've done really well and had a lot of success but at the world stage uh, slowly building my my portfolio up a bit so I think for me, it's been a big confidence booster, so I'm not feeling like the pressure, just yeah, kind of yeah. the excitement about it, I think. You've done it in the right year, so yeah. to build your CV. You're very much a hometown girl. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn, Nova Scotia. Yes. Um, oh, and... my gosh. They're going to be ecstatic. <laughs> That's my question. How are yeah. they at home going to be celebrating in, in Brooklyn right now? Uh, everybody's celebrating, like every local newspaper, my mom, the grocery store. Like, <laughs> I am headed home for the first time since, I think... August or September right after this for like a mini vacation just like a week off of like lighter training and I don't think it's going to be fit I think it's going to be crazy like (laughs) the whole town is going to explode and it's exciting but it's also like we go into just the grocery store is like a two-hour experience sometimes because I know everyone like if they were my babysitter if it was like my mom's friend from high school like my best friend's mom like you just know everyone and everyone knows my family and myself and so it's it's really exciting, but I yeah, I, the support from there has just been explosive. You're gonna have to set up a table at the grocery store and do signings. I, yeah. I think that's what you're gonna have to do. Or are they, are they gonna do an open top bus for you? What what will they? What, how will they celebrate you? Do you think? Oh my gosh, I think there'll be like some big event when I get home. I was I have been on my phone just a few minutes because I've been so busy. <laughs> yeah. But my mom was like already texting me like, when could you do something? Like the towns and your I, was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, mom hi, like, focus. And she's like, no, no, we got to get this going. And I was like, so it's just like so exciting to have that yeah. kind of like experience. Like they've been with me. They did the same thing like the year that I went to the FISU games. Yeah. They had like, it was called Sarah Mitten Day. And we like, everyone came to the community center and it was so ridiculous. But like, it's just full of love. And like, they're just so supportive of like all sports that come out of there. So is March 1st now going to be Sarah Mitten Day? Can we just put that in the diary? <laughs> World Sarah? Athletics calendar, Sarah Mitten Day, 1st of March. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, I expect the post. I know something that might make your homecoming even better. Oh. I understand you're a massive country music fan. I am. And that you added, is it Ben Chase? Yeah. So I'm thinking here that we at him in this podcast and why don't, why isn't he celebrate, like, what do you call it? Um, when he sings to you, when you're coming home. Oh my bus, gosh. He could sing to yeah. you. So serenade. Serenade, that's yeah. it. Serenade you, how brilliant you are on Sarah Mitten Day. Ben Chase Incredible. needs to be in Brooklyn, Nova Scotia, if you can make it work. If you can add that to the tour. I mean, we just, yeah, I just went to, to the, the concert uh, recently. So, I mean, he's probably a little busy, but if you can make a pit stop. You're world champion. Come on. Amazing. Um, 
One, and I, uh, my last question to you is about <laughs> Canadian throwing. So this mm -hmm. is a serious question. It's like going off the charts right now. You have two Hammer World Champions, yeah. with Cameron and mm -hmm. um, Ethan. Ethan, Ethan. Yeah. I always say Ethan. Ethan. Incredible um, guy. What, it's a golden era for Canadian mm -hmm. throwing. Like, what do you think is happening for this to happen? Where's the success coming? And how, you know, do you think this is the start of a bit of a golden era for, uh, for Canada in throws? I do, and I th but I think it started a while ago. Like we've had some pretty good throwers historically, like here, here, you know, like yeah, yeah. not all at once. But what I think has happened is a lot of them have taken to coaching. A lot of them have shared kind of their journey and it's inspired like younger throwers yeah. who have kind of been in the pipelines for a while. Like, I mean, Ethan's a bit of a, a little outlier there mm -hmm. as he's only 21 years old, but like myself, Cameron, Jillian Weir, yeah. we've got Liz Gleedle in the Javelin. I think she's back this year. And then, oh my gosh, just there's just so many more, like the depth is yeah. growing too. And I think it's just been a bit of like a, a developmental era that's now we're starting to see that. And then the more success that like myself, Cameron, yeah. Ethan have, yeah. like there's just more and more throwers in Canada, which is really cool. And like the knowledge sharing is big. So like for me, like my coach helps mentor other coaches yeah. and so it, it's just been this really big kind of long-term development for us but it's it's been really neat to be a part of kind of like yeah. the the three or four of us who are really leading the charge I think yeah, it's going to be exciting definitely leading the charge and you're <laughs> in Canada um thank you very much for the interview but I wish you all the luck into Paris Sarah Amazing. and uh, Ben Chase <laughs> get on it and serenade Sarah Mitten <laughs> <laughs> amazing thank, thank you, you so much inside track the official podcast of World Athletics. So it looks like we're all going to be celebrating Sarah Mitten Day. <laughs> looks like it. Absolutely. She absolutely <laughs> deserves it. She is Canada's first global shot put world champion. Absolutely rising from the depths of Tokyo in 2021, where she finished 28th in mm. qualifying. Wow. She is on the way up. She threw fantastically. Personal best indoors 2022. She's in a group of throwers at the moment that there's like five or six in front of 20 meters and they're all building each other up. So yeah. you don't know which one's going to come through and, and win. And Chase Jackson, uh, who was formerly Chase Early, double yeah. world champion, mm -hmm. had a little bit of an injury yesterday. She fell off a step and hurt her thigh. And just for her to be in a competition and win a medal, I don't think she yeah. expected that. But yeah, Mitten, she absolutely raised her game and it's good to do it because she's now consistently raising the game when it matters. Yeah. So I asked her about Paris and her going, leading into Paris and yeah, she seems really relaxed. It's like, the best. I'm world champion, I'm, I'm relaxed. And yeah, the other, there's other girls here can throw just as far and further, but she's just... She's just chill about it. And it's a really nice demeanor and, and a really nice, like, I'm I'm rooting for her. I am now her number one fan. I love that. And I think it's it's so good, like you said, for her to throw that well at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, you come off of disappointment at the last major championship. You come here, that's going to build her confidence so much. Good for her. Good for Canada. I love that. So let's get into it for today. Like, so the, the best part for me, guys, was I think I told you guys yesterday, my whole family's here and my son was in the stands watching the competition. And now that he's six, like you can really see him like getting into it. And he's like so excited. And we're like betting on who's going to win. And, you know, the reason that I picked um, Nicola Allislager as the, the person who kind of really had the most impact on me, her performance today was not just because she won her first world indoor title, it's what she said after to the crowd. And so she took the moment, um, of course she thanked everyone for being there, but she said, if I wanna challenge every single one of you to step outside of your comfort zone. She said, if I never stepped out of my comfort zone, I would not be a world champion. 
She said, there's greatness in all of us. And I looked at my son. I'm like, these are the moments that that matter. You know, there's there's their champions and then there are champions. And I just loved it. Like I, I fall in love with the sport every time, like over and over again. And I just I'm, I'm rooting for her big time. She's from Australia. Um, first major championship. And boy, if you didn't see her compete and didn't get to hear her, I, you know, I think she definitely made a fan out of me. So it was wonderful. Did you get to hear her? Yeah, she's an inspiration. And she's been she's been jumping for a while and she's been competing at you know, jumping 203, 204, yeah. it, it probably wasn't the heights that we expected in that competition. Right. We probably wanted it to be more of a battle with mm-hmm. uh, with the Ukrainian athlete, but it, it didn't happen. But yeah, her words of wisdom to yeah. everyone in the crowd were quite just, powerful. Yeah, very moving. And you just hope, even if it inspires one person one in person. the crowd, might have been my her, son. Yeah. They're going to say in 20 years' time that yeah. in Glasgow, she inspired me. So yeah, yeah it was a great speech from uh, Ola Chagas. Yeah, it was great. great She's win. one of like the characters that stand out as well. I remember watching her compete about two years ago and when she, before the race, you can see her talking to herself yeah, and writing in her a notebook. notebook yes. Yeah, it's incredible. And yeah. I always think, what is she saying? Well, I wonder <laughs> what she's thinking. And she's clearly into some form of meditation or preparation. When yes. you watch her before the start line, she puts a smile on your face and she's yeah. one of them characters that will shine because of the way she is on TV, yes. the way she prepares. So it's great to see her come out here and actually win a title as well because she is a world-class jumper. She's mm-hmm. always been... Yeah, in jump- the mix. Yeah, but to finally win a title, it, 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 it's great for the sport and she's one of the unique characters that we've got. Yeah, she actually said in her post-race interview that when they asked her about her notebook and she was saying that she just wanted to keep elevating, elevating, she said one day she wants to be an author as well. So I think that's why she's also writing, probably journaling and keeping so one day she can write an autobiography. So that was fun. You mentioned the men's 60 as your highlight, which I think most people would say was a highlight because of the matchup. And it, it, it played out in the way that you actually said, I mean, you were the expert, you've been in that race, you've won titles in that event. So you kind of saw it, but tell us what you thought of the race. I was sat with one of my GB uh, relay teammates watching mm-hmm. the event and we, we pretty much called the time. I seen that Christine ran 43 in the semi. We thought he was going to run about 40. He's won the world championships before he's got the world record. So he knows exactly how to run a 60 meters. So ultimately Noah would have to pull something incredible out to win the race. All as Christian's got to do is make no mistakes because he's dialed into running 641, 640, 639. And you could see he was so, so composed. I seen him yesterday warming up and he just looked like he was completely dialed in and ultimately Noah would have had to be right in contention at 30 meters to run him down. It it, it was an amazing race, but Noah nonetheless, 6.43 is one of the fastest times in history. That's pretty scary looking at what may happen over 100 meters. But at the moment, the crown goes to Coleman. He's the fastest man on the planet because today's all we've got. And currently he's the world champion over 60 meters and that's the current title of the fastest man on the planet right now. So Rich, I loved everything that you said there. Everything was spot on. The only thing I got to get you with is what what are you are you are you saying Christian or are we saying Christine? So, okay. <laughs> are we saying Christine? Christian Coleman? Like what are, what are we saying here? So I've got a very unique accent from the <laughs> Northeast Middlesbrough. So I would say Christian. But you're not saying that. No, you're saying Christine every time you say it. Christine, but if, so <laughs> when I, Christian you, Coleman comes Christian. in here and we talk to him, I'll please him don't call him Christine. Christian. I think he might Chris, be offended. Christian. Christian okay, right. Coleman. Christian Coleman. Okay. <laughs> yes, there I'm it just is. going to have to adapt my accent because I'm clearly saying it wrong because of my accent. <laughs> but the way I, I, I imagine I'm saying it is correct, but it's clearly not. <laughs> Yeah. Can we just go back to the to Christian Coleman? I watched yeah. Heat semi final. He executed it yeah. from from the first race to the last race. He nailed it each time. Noah Lyles, you can see he's in a transitional period of learning something different, new, yeah. and so he didn't he didn't have a very good start this morning. And his semi final was probably his better start. His best start, yeah. But so he's in that learning phase, and you can see. So you know when he gets more consistent, like Coleman, you. 
like the sky's the limit, right? So yeah. what's going to happen? You know, this race in a year's time could mm-hmm. be very different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Carmen, he did what he had to do. He executed him. We've got to give him that. And the biggest stage, and Noah Lyles shouts as he's announced and you're right next to him, that, you know, the psyche, the, yeah. the, the skill of just being like focused on your lane and mm-hmm. being tunnel vision, he had it. Like, so he had a massive tick in my box. And I'm pretty sure that you didn't bet for Coleman didn't you went Lyles didn't you I can't can't hear you what I was was gonna say too I want to give you guys some insight on so I actually spoke to Christian last year and we had a really good conversation and one of the things that he told me was he said that the thing that he felt like he was missing a bit was was his confidence you know he said that when he had to sit that year out after you know we saw like everything was lining up for him world champion all that you know everything looked like it was going to just be him when he sat out he lost confidence and so I feel like this race on tonight in Glasgow gave him that confidence back, which I think also makes him dangerous in the open hundred outdoors. Because when you don't have the confidence, you have someone like Noah Lyles who is has it in spades. Um, it makes it really hard to compete against him. So I'm really happy for Coleman tonight because he needed this race. Um, you saw his family in the stands. His dad yeah. and his mom were here. They're always with him. So big win. Uh, you know, also the women's 400, which I also thought was great. Very telling of what we're going to see in the finals. You know, like, of course, I was big on Femke Bowl. She's run sub 50. I, I did see that she may have a little bit of weakness uh, tonight when I watched that race. It felt like she got out really hard. Then she really slowed the pace down, which I think is sometimes a sign of you're not feeling that confident in your in your kick. So what will we see in the 400 tomorrow? And of course, I can't leave the 400 out. That's my favorite event. So, you know, it was a lot of really good racing today. And I'm, I'm really excited for what this meet continue, you know, what's left for us to see and witness, you know? Yeah, I think the lane draw for the 400 is going to be telling. And I'm really excited yeah. about talking about the 400 final tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but put Carsten on there. Yeah. Um, he ran amazingly, yeah, he ran laid well. it down. Is mm-hmm. he, he, this morning he looked a little bit shaky of mm-hmm. getting the rust off, but yeah. tonight looked the same old Carsten Warholm. So that's going to be an interesting yeah. final tomorrow. So there were some really good, interesting races that are going to pan out tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I'm excited about talking about that. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about a Brit. Scott um, <laughs> yeah it was only qualifying for the 800 today but Gemma Riki, um, she was world number one leading into this or I think she might have just lost that lead but absolutely dominated her heat like in the home crowd one in 159 in the heat just cruising mm-hmm. she looks so composed so relaxed it is probably the best I've ever seen her run and she's placed was it is it fourth, fifth at the Olympics um, like like I think she could definitely knock a second or two off. So 159.4 leading the the athletes into the semifinal tomorrow. I'm excited to see what she can do Um, from a British and a Scottish perspective, obviously. (laughs) But like, absolutely, she nailed it for me. So easy. So easy peasy. I don't even know the rest in the race. I'm just Just zoned on her. I also wanted to ask your thoughts on the the pentathlon. Um, What what did you think? I mean, I caught the the last couple of racing and it was phenomenal. What were your thoughts on the entire? It was a competitive uh, matchup. Unfortunately, none of the big stars were there. They were Mm -hmm. missing quite a lot of people for injuries and not ready. Someone having a baby. There's Mm -hmm. lots going on in Mm -hmm. in heptathlon world right now. But Norvitz from Belgium, she's won the title before. I think it was easy for her. Yeah. She, she did what she had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the Finnish girl, Varnanen, getting second, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like Finnish, Finland, heptathlon, winning a silver pentathlon indoors is something I've probably never heard of before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a good matchup. It, yeah, I would say, I'll be honest, I was disappointed mm-hmm. because the big girls were there. But I'm happy that for the girls that did win medals. Yeah, I'd yeah. just love to have seen, you know, Nafi, TM, yeah, KJT, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shulek, Anna Hall. Mm-hmm. Please get, please all come back 
because the compared that is going to be the matchup for the summer. I hope they get fit for, for yeah, Paris. Yeah, me too. All of the stars that were missing this weekend, it could. We always speculate what's going to happen. That is certainly going to be one of the events for the summer, the the mm -hmm. women's heptathlon. But today, you've got to take your your hats off to the people who've medaled. Mm -hmm. This is a world championships. Mm -hmm. The best in the world are here who are available. Yeah, and you know this is their moment to shine. And 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 hats off to them if you come here and there's an opportunity there to win a medal and you take it. It's that that that's the beautiful thing about the sport. Yeah. Also, I mean Ryan Krauser. I mean, yeah. I was just gonna say, <laughs> let's mean, talk about Ryan your, uh, fellow, is it fellow Longhorn. Yes. Fellow Longhorn. Yeah. Fellow Longhorn, and he's just in a league of his own. I mean, this man doesn't have to throw but one time to come out here and then and 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 do what he did, you know, and he's just so masterful um, at it. And he's such a, such a class act when you watch him out there with the other, the competitors. I know the field eventers have that kind of camaraderie mm -hmm. and community when they're down there, they're cheering for each other, which I really enjoy watching, but he's just like, it's like we're just literally seeing the best man to ever do it. And he just does it over and over and over again. So that was also a thrill to watch him. I think his top three throws would have still been gold, silver and bronze. Yeah, they were. So like, should we award him all the medals? But it was good to see Tom Walsh come back. Yeah. You know, he's a previous world champion from New Zealand and a second, but everyone's got playing for, you know, silver gold really yeah. when Krause is there. Yeah. There was a couple, nearly could have been an upset. One of the Italians, I think he ended up in fourth, apologies, I can't remember his name, but he had a massive throw that mm. oh, it superseded Krause's, but he fell out. And I'm like, oh, is that throw? It was like a 20, it was like a 23 meter throw. Wow. And that's kind of, you wanted that because you wanted to see Krause so, react. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you want, those matchups and those, somebody that you didn't expect to throw and then someone like Krause to react because mm. you know he can. But yeah, five brilliant, champions were crowned tonight mm -hmm. and and today um and they're the first five and well done all of them um so we've we've highlighted them all of them because they yeah. deserve it right yeah. no there were so many highlights um on the track today and i was like this is just been such a good oh, oh my goodness a world champion in guess who's here yes nicola is joining us and i was just saying all these great things about you so perfect timing come on in Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome, Nicola, and congratulations. Uh, we were just talking about you. First of all, can we see the medal? Can you show the folks the hardware? Ooh, that is beautiful. Congratulations. So I know everyone has a question, but I wanted to first just tell you, like, obviously, it was very, it, it was incredible watching you compete and watching you win. But your words post winning, um, they were so inspirational. My son is here. And so obviously he, you know, un understands winning. But when you said, you know, about, you know, digging deep and, and stepping outside of your comfort zone and stretching yourself and clearing any height, it just made, I think everyone in the stadium fell in love with you. So can you just talk about why it was important for you to share that message and how you got to that point and obviously how it helped you to win gold today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just beautiful because so many times I've come like fourth, second, yeah. third, mm -hmm. and I've realized in the moment when you get given the microphone, there's also responsibility. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I have an opportunity in these in this sentence to potentially impart something to someone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I could always just be like, thank you for clapping to me. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like, of course that's cool. But it's yeah. like, I wanted to give some, like you could go home and you could um, chew on it and go, you know, what, what, where am I at? Like, where's my comfort zone? And mm. like, and have I boxed myself into that? And mm. I think for me being here, last time I competed indoors was in 2017. Oh, wow. And my personal best was 183. Wow. So my starting height was already in a new realm. I was like, <laughs> okay, Great. we're going places. And it really, um, 
in Australia and even in the Diamond League, the outdoor season, I know what to expect and I know the tracks. Mm -hmm. But I realized for the Olympic Games, um, if the surface is different, in order to adapt and overcome things, I need to put myself in these places where mm -hmm. I'm stretched and I'm challenged. And mm -hmm. so that's what I did tonight. And in the moments where I was like, oh, wow, like this, this is challenging and this is um, stretching me, I actually learn there's parts of me that come alive that this always sort of stay dormant. Mm. And so tonight I learned that. So powerful. I mean, I, like I said, it was just very moving and we, we all felt it in the stand. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for trusting your instincts and sharing and sharing that with us. It was really beautiful. You haven't done indoors since 2017. So was this part of the journey to Paris to really do stretch yourself, be somewhere where you were really uncomfortable? Obviously it's paid off, but was that always your premise when you started? Yeah, well, it, it was when I started jumping and we went, okay, we're in good shape. First comp back, we did some great things, but I just know that the best competitions and the best preparation are with the best women in the world mm -hmm. and the best surface in the world. Like this was super fast, this yeah. track. Mm. And my rhythm was all over the place because I'm so used to a track that doesn't really give yeah, a lot. Yeah, if you, yeah. if you yeah. saw my training conditions, you'd be like, wow, this is different, <laughs> you know? Um, so when I, was, when I was here, I thought this is the best way for me in order to if at the Olympic Games, if it's so different, I, I can always come back and I've written it in my journal and I, <laughs> I can come back here and go, no, you, what you have is enough. Like yeah, it's yeah. going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Nicola, I've always been um, a big fan of yours the last couple of years. My wife is also a professional athlete and you always put a smile on our face when you come on the TV and we see you and the way you prepare. It's always amazing. So I just want to say congrats on seeing you become the champ. It's always, like you said, you finished fourth a few times, got a few medals, but to actually get the crown and become the champ, that's very special. And one thing I just wanted to ask is you have been competing outdoors in Australia. Your season, the Australian season is, is right now. And I know a lot of the sprinters from over there and they run really quick and sometimes it's difficult to continue. Were you using this as a legitimate, I want to go and become the world champion because that's special? or were you coming here to prepare for the summer? Because one thing I always felt was as athletes and Kelly and Sanya probably feel the same way is that sometimes we get caught up chasing what's next, what's next, what's next. Mm -hmm. But what we have to appreciate now is that you are currently the best on the planet. You've just mm -hmm. beat the best in the world. You are the world champion at the moment. So is it more of this is an amazing moment, I'm going to embrace it and I wanted to come there and become a world champion or was it I'm just using this as a stepping stone for Paris? My main thing was I'm coming here to jump high and I wasn't focusing on the medals because if I was, I was seeing even in the warm-up all of these my amazing competitors and they're just gracefully jumping these heights. And meanwhile, I felt like a, a car that didn't want to start, right? Like, it's still in the, yeah. like get into the right gear, you know? I was, I, it, was, it was a little bit messy, but I knew I was in, I'm the strongest I've ever been. And mm -hmm. so I, I'm like, I can't, no, nobody can take that away. But in this place, um, I, I experienced in Budapest last year, the surface was quite similar. And even though I jumped 199 there, I felt that, it didn't really go to the way that I thought it could have mm -hmm. because I knew the shape I was in. And I went, if I if I get to the Olympic Games and I've turned up and I haven't put in the work of putting myself out there, especially mm -hmm. like at World Indoors where I'm in a completely different outs outlook, 
then I might look back and actually have some regrets that I've just tried to play it too safe. Yeah. And so tonight, like, as soon as I got the medal, I went, okay, 202, and I was trying to, like, not look at people because people were just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, just wait, just wait. I, I'm here to jump high. I know I've got higher heights than me. And yeah. so the three attempts at 202 I was actually really ha- happy with, but mm-hmm. I could never believe just the – Almost the um, the head fog that comes in of like, <laughs> like I need to focus right now, and I think that's really important as well because at the Olympic Games, like let's say if two meters wins the Olympic Games, well, for me, I want a personal best. Like I always want a person. Like I'm I'm in the sport because I love the feeling of flying and I love the platform it gives me to share about Jesus. Like mm. they're the two things I love about it. Mm. And so I'm here and I'm like, okay. Well, you've done 199, but you did 203 the other day. Like, you know, you've got higher heights in yeah. you. And so, yeah, that it was it was really cool just to to see that kind of um, focus come into play and could do it tonight. And just yeah, I didn't clear the 202, but I was able to put aside some of that head fog, which is going to be important for Paris. Mm. So, what's next for you now? Like, how do you plan going into the next five months? Yeah. Um. So I'm. I've got my nationals on the 14th of April. Okay. So it's a little bit of a difficult one. Mm -hmm. Smack bang, um, (laughs) you know, a little bit later. But now we just have to train and train really hard because of the training that I was doing for three months before my first competition was uninterrupted. It was really good, really strong. And I was going places where I went, whoa, like this is a place I've never been before. Mm -hmm. And then when you compete, you have to strip it all back. So I want to gain that back. So I, I think training starts tomorrow. So <laughs> like, all right, just back into it. <laughs> awesome. Well, it, this has been such a treat for us to have you join us on the podcast. Um, I don't think we can top this. I think that this is a, a phenomenal way to end our first day here at the World Championships. So we invite you to join us tomorrow for day two right here in Glasgow for Inside Track. Inside Track. For a full video version of this podcast and more, head to worldathletics.org. This podcast was produced by Voice Work Sport for World Athletics.